The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, the IT brain. Hmm, what do we mean by that? Okay, let's get into it. Whoosh! Faster benchmarks, hybrid cloud computing, big data, analytics for everyone in your organization. Hold on, hold on, wait a second, wait a second. All of this new technology is exciting, but... It's doomed to failure unless your IT department assesses its challenges and opportunities to develop a viable strategy and do what? Bring the back office to the front office. That's a lot to think about it. But think about it. I have four experts who are going to help us dive into this complex topic and see what we can make of it. We're first joined by Ben Keeps from Diversity Limited. He says... The organization of the future will look radically different from that which has gone before. IT departments face unrelenting pressure to innovate, to deliver agility, and stop being seen as, get ready for it, kids, the department of no. Is that what your IT department looks like? Ben Keeps will tell us more in just a couple of minutes. He's a keeper, I know that. We're also joined by two of our friends from IBM today. We're joined by Dr. Richard Goodwin, and he says, quoting the the veteran, Woody Allen. I think Venerable is appropriate at this stage in his life. If you're not failing every now and then, it's a sign you're not doing anything very innovative. Woody Allen really loved the quote. We'll talk to Dr. Richard Goodwin in just a minute. Also from IBM, Dale Young, and he says... For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Guess what? That's Newton's third law of motion, in case you forgot your science classes. And rounding out our panel today is Sven Conrad from SAP. And he says simply, the digital storm. Take advantage of the opportunity or be blown away. Great quote. So join us for the IT professional brain. Secret sauce for innovation success. I love that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are coming to you live, L-I-V-E. It's Wednesday, June 19th, 2013. Those of you closing the books at mid-year, you must be hurtling toward that closing very, very soon. We're here on the business channel of Voice America. I have a quick note for my Game Changer listeners, and then I'll tell you who my panelists really are, aside from their quotes. Do you know the many ways mobility can transform your business? We have a free CIO playbook for you. Go to the business channel look for the little coffee cup and click on any of the banners on our show page it'll take you to a page with a bunch of freebies but look for the cio playbook and learn a lot it's on us okay 
Let's meet our panelists. Ben Keeps is a technology evangelist, an investor, a commentator, and a business advisor. I think he's busier than I am. Ben covers the convergence of technology, mobile, ubiquity, and agility. That's a new one for me, all enabled by the cloud. He's a globally recognized subject matter expert and influential tech thinker. He's been published on Read Write Web, GigaOM, The Guardian, and other publications. Ben Keeps, welcome to Game Changers Radio. How are you today? I'm awesome, Bonnie. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. Where are you calling from today, Ben? Uh, today I'm actually in San Francisco. Okay. Well, welcome. Glad you could join us. And now let's look at our IBM contingent on the panel. Dr. Richard Goodwin is a senior researcher at IBM's T.J. Watson Research Center in Yorktown Heights, New York. Richard applies his background in AI, that's artificial intelligence, and mobile robotics to improving customer insight, experience, and engagement for both retail and business customers. Welcome, Dr. Richard Goodwin. How are you today? Uh, Good morning, Bonnie. I'm great. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the office at the Watson Research Center. And are you talking to Watson this morning? Can you tell him we said hello? Uh, Well, he's down the hall, but I haven't seen him this morning. (laughs) Well, if you do, tell him we think he's a game changer and we know why. Talking about the IT professional brain, we'll be talking a little bit about Watson, I hope. And joining us is your colleague at IBM, Dale Young. Dale currently leads IBM's GBS SAP Global Center of Competency, driving emerging solutions in technology, project deployment, strategic solutioning, and the lab for SAP solutions. Dale has led some of IBM's largest strategy and transformation projects across industry-leading banking, insurance, electronics, and pharmaceutical medical device manufacturers in Europe and North America. Dale Young, welcome. How are you today? Doing great. Wonderful. Where are you today? I actually just got into our office in New York. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. And rounding out our panel, as I said, you're welcome, is Sven Conrad. Sven leads product marketing for the cloud-based SAP HANA Solutions, SAP HANA One, and SAP HANA Enterprise Cloud. He's an expert on big data, cloud, and IT management. Sven has worked in a variety of senior roles, including pre-sales, consulting, program management, and marketing at Hewlett-Packard, Synopsys, and he's here at SAP now. Sven Conrad, welcome. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing excellent. Wonderful. And where are you calling from? Or where are we calling you today, Sven? I am also in San Francisco from my cute, uh, yet small, yet expensive hotel room here with a lot of construction (laughs) noise behind me. Well, you sound great. And we we called you and we're glad to have you. So thank you for joining us today. Now it's time for me to go back into the monologue, the opening, and let's pull apart these really interesting quotes. So Ben Keeps from Diversity Limited, you're up first. You say the organization of the future will look radically different from that which has gone before. Good statement, futuristic, love the future. IT departments face unrelenting pressure to innovate, deliver agility, and stop being seen as the department. So, Ben, first tell me, from whom is this unrelenting pressure coming? And then, really, is every IT department the Department of No? Talk to me, Ben Keeps. Sure. So, I mean, the pressure is coming from from a number of vectors. Obviously, the GFC, um, you know, huge implications from that. There's some generational changes with with the workforce changing, with the millennials coming through. And there's just this unrelenting pressure in terms of um, shortened innovation cycles. Um, And that's putting a lot of pressure on on the IT department. And clearly, you know, it's unfair to my my friends in IT to say that they're all the department of no. But there is this tendency from IT to be all about compliance and to find ways to stop people doing things. And and really, that, that has to change. 
Okay. And Department of No, is that something that's colloquial or is, it, is there ever a sign on the door that says, don't even think about it? We're IT. We're going to say no anyway. How, how, how pervasive is, I've heard the term before, but how pervasive is it today? We're 2013. Nothing has changed in recent years, Ben? It's pretty pervasive. I mean, there, there is this culture that the, the, the reason that cloud computing and software as a service has, has grown so exponentially is because business units are bypassing IT because they're, they're sick of IT putting barriers in the way of them of them actually achieving their, their desired outcomes. Okay. Do you think that's – I was a programmer analyst way back in the day. I will not tell you when, but those who know me know when that was. And I, I think it was a mentality of, hey, we have to code that. We have to map it out. We have to think about it. We have to build all the links and all of the branches and all that, and we're very important people. Is it that importance that, hey, IT rules the roost and don't mess with us and we'll do it in our own time, or does it come from somewhere else? Well, it's partly that. I mean, in their defence, there's a whole bunch of compliance that they have to make. You know, at the end of the day, Sarbanes-Oxley and all these regulations make it very difficult for them. So they've got a hard job. But a lot of the time, it's about turf protection and empire building and creating silos. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, cloud computing has proven that um, it is possible to have solutions stood up quickly and rapidly without a a whole bunch of work. And, And IT departments need to emulate that. Okay, thank you. And let's move on to our second quote here from Dr. Richard Goodwin at IBM. I love the Woody Allen quote. Hard to believe it's a Woody. He says, if you're not failing every now and again, it's a sign you're not doing anything very innovative. So are we saying Woody Allen is the icon of innovation? Richard Goodwin, talk to me. Well, in certain areas, he definitely is. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of his movies were um, quite interesting and quite innovative and definitely very, very entertaining. Um, and I think it applies in the, the IT world to the extent that if we just stay with the tried and true, then the IT departments are going to start to become more and more irrelevant. As, as Ben was saying, a lot of people are starting to bypass the IT departments. And if IT departments aren't careful, they may go the way of the typing pool and become a sort of an anachronism of, of business. And as people go to software as a service and uh, downloading apps to their iPhones and Android devices, I mean, people are used to, uh, in their personal lives, if they find an app they like or they have a task to do, they go and look in the app store, find something that looks good, and just try it out. And they don't understand why they can't do the same kind of thing in the business world. Why should their personal life be so much easier to use and so much better than the stuff they have to do at work? Okay, interesting. So we see that that blend over from the real life and the business life. Thank you, Richard. We'll be hearing a lot more from you as the show goes on. And let's talk to Dale Young, your colleague at IBM. And here's a quote from way back at, I don't even know the year, Newton's third law of motion. For every action, do you, you, I wasn't there, do you know the year? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That is just something you want to embroider on the back of a pillow or put on a T-shirt. It's probably all over the world, quoted and painted and all that. Dale Young, talk to us. What is the pertinence of that to our discussion today about the IT professional brain? Well, it's interesting because I think it comes from two perspectives, and this came out of some work that Richard and I have been doing together. And and you've got to look at that. You know, when you started this off, you started talking about bringing the back to the front and the front to the back. Mm-hmm. And then Ben, I think, hit a couple good points on the barriers. And part of that equal reaction is if we're going to be doing the innovation out in the field, driving, you know, this segmentation of one, instant, instantaneous access of information, uh, the, the back office does have to react. So for every action, there's an equal reaction. You, we have to be able to support that provision and enable it. 
Um, at the same time, I think IT has to evolve to be more responsive to the business unit. Because while on one hand, the, you know, we talked about the barriers and IT being the department of no, mm-hmm. and we don't want to be that, but we also want to be the I still need IT to be the department of reasonableness, um, understanding that there has to be data integrity, understanding there has to be some level of security. So finding that balance is that is that you know reaction to that action. I think the other interesting aspect of this and why why we brought it up was the fact that, and I think Richard touched on it, all of those things that are happening in the consumer world, we can take those and cause the reaction internally, take the same level of consumerization of IT, the instant access, being able to instantly answer answer a question um, internally across the value chain, whether it's in finance, HR, Mm -hmm. supply chain purchasing we can bring those capabilities back into the organization as well. So it kind of fits back in with your bringing the front office to the back as well. Okay. Thank you, Dale. And let's get Sven Conrad's voice in here before we go to break. Sven, great quote, the digital storm. Take advantage of the opportunity or be blown away. I think we're talking about a tornado here. Sven, what are we talking about? The digital storm. Tell me. Okay. So I'd like to tie that back to the nice intro you gave. You spoke, spoke about faster benchmarks. New technologies, you know, we, we hear every day there's new technologies spreading up. Open source, it's mushrooming, goes quicker than ever before. Big data, mobile computing, Internet of Things. And you could say those are just buzzwords, and for a long mm-hmm. time they have been buzzwords. But no, this is real now. This is real. This is reality. And you either deal with it or you are blown away. And let me tell you why this is real. Yes. Before it was real for some. There were some mega corporations like IBM with Watson. They could they could really have supercomputing and do amazing stuff. There were a few of those corporations, and that was great. Um, but it really locked a, a significant proportion of the enterprise out of these technologies. Adoption hurdles, cost, also a little bit, you know, this protectedness of these technologies by IT. And that has changed. Cloud changed it. Well, or multiple things have changed it. Advances mm-hmm. in computing, Moore's Law it continues to chuck along, and we get more and more compute power every year or year and a half. Cloud computing, open access to technologies, to ready-made tools, offerings, and it really democratizes IT. really like the term of democratization. It opens it up. And so adoption hurdles are minimal. And, and we see that what Amazon was able to do before. Like uh, you shop on their website, I was always blown away. I shop for one thing, and they tell me ten other things to buy. Brilliant. And sometimes it helps, and sometimes it just triggers a spark for going back the next day. And uh, that was limited to Amazon. But now anybody can, can do that. And even a firm like SAP, we have been locked away in IT, and we have been, you know, we are not the cheapest, most accessible. And even we have put our breakthrough solutions like SAP HANA, our in-memory platform, we, <clears throat> sorry, we offer that on the Amazon Marketplace now mm-hmm. for hourly subscription. And you can do things that I described. We have um, an offering called HANA Recommends. We teach you in an online academy with videos how to do it. And within hours or days, hours is too much, but within days, you can set up a little recommendation engine like a small sports retailer here has done in the Silicon Valley they're called Sports Basement, and they built a little um, recommendation engine tied to mobile, to the iPhone, and uh, to the passport on, on iPhone, and it's wonderful. So everybody can do that now. So, and that means you have to 
um, concern yourself with those things and make best use of it for your business or you will be blown away. Thank you, Sven. You've taken us right up to the break. I appreciate that. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. My panel includes Ben Keeps from Diversity Limited. We'll find out what they do in a minute. Dr. Richard Goodwin and Dale Young from IBM and Sven Conrad from SAP. And a big shout-out to David Slavinsky. Moi. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app, that dial, that mouse, whatever. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for our special segment called What's in Your Cup Today? Let's find out what my four esteemed guests are drinking. Ben keeps from Diversity Limited. What's in your cup today, Ben? Sure. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky. You know, you can tell from my accent that I, I live in New Zealand, and uh, where I live is, is actually a wine area. Uh, I live in the country, and I've got I've got three vineyards uh, on, on on either side of me, and so uh, a, a, a white for a Pinot Noir, um, you, you can't beat it. Sure, it's a little bit early in the morning in San Francisco to be drinking <laughs> wine, but it's never too early for Pinot. We definitely won't tell anybody that it's 8, 19 a.m. in San Francisco right now. But you could be anywhere. You know, talk about jet lag. Well, just kill it with a good Pinot. That's great. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. I, I was, interestingly enough, in uh, SAP at the Newtown Square North America facility yesterday and the day before. And I was presenting, uh, moderating a customer panel to the industry analyst base camp event. Quite a, a privilege and a thrill for me. And I met some of our, our influencers and analysts who are big friends of SAP, and two of them had just come back from New Zealand and had amazing things to say. So, uh, yes, and they were talking about your wine as well. Very interesting. Small world. Dr. Richard Goodwin, IBM, what are you drinking today down the hall from Watson? And what's Watson drinking? Let's do both. Well, I don't know what Watson's drinking, <laughs> uh, but I have a uh, blueberry-strawberry smoothie. My, uh, my six-year-old uh, really loves to see things get smooshed up in the blender. So we've been going to the farmer's market and buying the uh, the fresh fruit and then uh, smooshing it up, and she hasn't figured out yet that it's actually healthy for her, so she's still on the kick. <laughs> I used to tell my kids that cream spinach was green pudding, and they kept asking for more. So what can I tell you? And they like spinach today. Thank you, Richard. Dale Young, this is too much fun. Dale Young, what are you drinking today? What do you think Watson is drinking? Come on, we got to get Watson in here. 
I think Watson is probably drinking the finest coffee available in the world, and only he knows about it. So, <laughs> Oh, good one, good one. Okay, Watson, we're talking about you. What is Dale Young drinking? Dale Young is drinking a delicious cup of street vendor coffee from 38th and Park Avenue. Um, you know, I had to ask Watson for that quick benefit analysis of coming in the building of, you know, is it speed to benefit to get the caffeine or wait in the long line at Starbucks? So uh, speed to benefit one out this time. To get the caffeine. Great. Great answer. We Yes. Thank you, Watson, and thank you, Dale. It's Ben Conrad. What are you drinking today? Well, I have a sad story. I sit here empty-handed in my hotel. They didn't really have any good drinks. But I do have a story, nevertheless. So coffee. Yes. Ecuador, a big coffee-producing country, and it's one of my most memorable trips uh, in, in my life at all. I spent uh, ten, year, uh, 10 weeks there, fantastic, learned some Spanish. And what they really like to drink there, and I bought it on, uh, on the street everywhere, is three tomato juice. And a fantastic drink. I still haven't figured out what this fruit really is. It's a reddish fruit, grows on trees. Mm-hmm. have never seen it around here, Googled it before, never find any conclusive evidence of what it is. And um, reminds me of a fantastic trip where I've experienced great things, like swimming in the Amazon with piranhas and other things like that. Oh, thank you. Love that. If anybody knows if anybody knows what Sven is drinking, what fruit he's drinking, just chime in or tweet us at hashtag SAP Radio, and we'll keep watching, and we'll we'll tell him what he's drinking. Thank you so much. Now it's time to start our roundtable. Uh, David Slavinsky, I know you're listening and tweeting. Maybe you can, can look it up for us, or go down the hall and ask Watson. He knows for sure. Now it's time to start our roundtable. Serious business here. We have a lot to talk about. Our theme today, our topic is the IT professional brain. See Secret sauce for innovation success. So we want IT to help that success. We want them to help innovation go through and be wonderful and prosper, help companies grow and scale and compete, but we don't want them to stop it. So let's start talking to Ben Keeps from Diversity Limited. Ben says, organizations need to build bridges between the tech function and the business units, but to do so, they need to develop a common, and here I'll use, I think, a Latin phrase, lingua franca. So I assume that's open language. Talk to me, Ben. Interesting concept. Come in here, and then we'll have everybody chime in. Ben Keeps? Sure. So uh, maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a bit of a hippie, and I, and I just like everyone to get along. But, but for, <laughs> for too long, there's been so much tension between between the business and, and between IT. There's this confrontation that's going on. And what I'd really love to see is is both sides, you know, both sides are trying to achieve the objectives of, of the business and should be focused on that. And so if both start, sides start kind of empathizing with, with what the other side's talking about, trying to find some, some common language, some common goals, some common frameworks to work together, I think it could be amazing when we, when we see the power of IT really, really focused, laser-focused on business outcomes, then we can really achieve some stuff. But for too long, it's been the business circumventing IT to try and do stuff and IT trying to shut down the business. And, and that, just, that just doesn't work in today's climate. And there's, their, their, there's our department of no. Let's move to Dr. Richard Goodwin. Richard, you say as technology moves into the front office, it's more and more funded by marketing and sales budgets. And IT managers now need to serve these new constituencies. So is, is that a disconnect? Is there any common lingua franca, as Ben so aptly put it, or are they still not talking to each other? Well, um, I mean, they do talk to each other, but the the focus is very different. I mean, a lot of the traditional okay. stuff was on the back office and order processing and production systems, but 
Now in the front office, you need to be a lot more nimble and things change a lot more quickly. And your users are a very different set of people. It's the sales clerk on the floor. It's the person in the uh, customer service center. And it's even your end customers that are going to be using the systems and the analytics and the other kinds of data you produce. And so it's just getting used to having this very different set of clients uh, coming in looking for interesting things that help meet their needs. Okay. Who teaches these new clients how to talk to IT? Maybe we should talk about who needs to learn the language. We've had Berlitz. We've had Rosetta Stone in teaching us how to speak internationally, how to go to another country, whether it's on business or pleasure, and learn the language, the key phrases. So is there a way? Uh, let, let's stay with you, Richard, for a moment here. Is there a way to, to teach these people to talk to each other? Well, I think it's also the fact that in business, you really need to speak the language of your customers rather than having them speak your language. So uh, people are already dealing with a lot of technology and getting a lot of the things they need in their personal lives, as I mentioned. And the IT department needs to become more attuned to and listen to and translate from the language that the salespeople are using or the marketing people into the actual IT requirements. So it's a little bit of a give and take, but it's really the customers or the um, the sales people actually mm-hmm. I should say the IT people that need to listen yeah. to their customers. And and Bonnie That's, if I may yes. stand here. I like yes, the please. second that I, I liked it very much what I heard. You know, we, we do have the language. The language is clearly established and um, let me try to be bold here. The language is capitalism, the language is business. Business is the language. Yes to look yeah, for business it, opportunity, I, I, for business challenge, for business process. And that's where every conversation should start. And if you start a conversation starting with technologies, and I'm coming from a technology vendor also, so mm-hmm. now we are part of the problem sometimes, you cannot achieve the outcome um, as opposed to just looking at the task at hand, the opportunity, where's my biggest bang for the buck in which process, in which area, and then enabling that. And then as a second step, finding which technology is needed to make a significant impact here. I think that's mm-hmm. where we often struggle. I, and I, I think, think I heard Ben. Thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I yes. think it's really interesting. But the, the problem we have right now is that if you look at how business works, it's all it's all about KPIs. And right now, IT's KPI essentially is, is compliance primarily. The business's KPI is, is bottom line profit because it's a capitalistic yeah, model. What I think needs to happen, and I've got the you know this, this kind of crazy notion that I've been working with some organisations with, which is. When you've got a, a specific project that requires IT and the business to work together, you get those people in the room, you get them to, to, to workshop together, and you, you swap it around. IT's KPI is now bottom line profit. The business's KPI is, is compliance. And then all of a sudden, you've got both sides having to work to the parameters and, 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 and I guess the, the, the ramifications of, of the other. And in doing so, you, you, you quickly have a, a, a meeting of the minds, a, this, this middle space where both sides understand what the other is trying to achieve, and, and, and mm-hmm. from through that you can achieve a common lingua franca. Thank you. And Dale Young, I want to bring you into this conversation. I'm going to I read something to you told in. me. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, let me just read something you, you told me before the show, and then you can address that or just jump in anywhere. You say consumer experiences with technology, and I don't think we've covered this yet on the show today. Consumer experiences with technology and instant access to information, yes, we are spoiled, are driving an unexpected reaction across the back office office functions. And then you add old modes of operation. We're talking batch, transactions, wait and react, are no longer acceptable to the next generation of customers, employees, and business partners. We're talking I want it now. How does this impact what we've been discussing on the panel, Dale Young? Well, uh, thank you. And I think it, it actually ties in really well because it just brings to light the fact that there is an expectation of the new user base. Um, you know, pick your study, various ones say, you know, half, the, half your users will be, a, will be, in 2015, will have been born after 1980. There's, I'm meshing up a few studies there. But the simple fact is your customers, your employees, your business partners have an expectation. They want to have a conversation with the business, not ask a question, wait two hours for an answer. And if you don't have it, they're going to move on. And that's going to impact your ability to respond to customers, but it's, I think it also has an impact on your ability to attract and retain talent within the organization. If you can create a compelling experience for them through IT to, to, to be able to work that way, it's going to make you more successful. Um, you know, chiming in, continuing on a couple of the points that uh, Richard mm-hmm. and others were making about innovation, um, Richard and I kind of had some conversations going uh, ongoing for the last year or two with this concept that, you know, innovation without direction is experimentation. Um, And what we mean is, and it ties in, you have to know what you're doing. It goes back to the business language. Um, I've seen a number of our own people and, and, you know, some of our clients in IT, when they talk about innovation, it'll be around a technology. What are we doing with mobility? What are we doing with in-memory? And those efforts and innovation efforts tend to get stalled. It's only when there's a direction or a business context um, that you can really make progress. And then it becomes less a tech, uh, conversation about, you know, religious battles over technology and more about what's the outcome we're trying to achieve, what's the KPI we're trying to achieve. So we just have to keep driving that mentality. Um, and I think IT can be a big part of that. Um, I think it's funny the number of IT people I work with today that really push to the business, guys, what's the business problem we're trying to solve? So uh, in some ways the roles are changing a little bit. Thank you very much. You know, we're at our next break. We're going to take it. We're going to take a breather. But before we go out, I have to mention that Malcolm Kimberlin, my co-producer, Malcolm, sending you get well wishes. Glad to have you back online, tweeting your little heart out there. And Malcolm says he's drinking his cup of love via Phil's Coffee. That's P-H-I-L-Z. I bet Equator Coffees is really jealous. You switch brands, Malcolm. But Ben Keeps, he says, I wouldn't mind joining Ben Keeps for Pinot Noir. There we go. Okay, Malcolm, reverse the I and the O in Noir. I'll teach you French later. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Very lively panel today. We're talking about the IT professional brain. Secret sauce for innovation success. And is it time to get that sign off the door that says Department of No? When we come back, we'll continue our very lively discussion. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to us on the Business Channel. If you want to tweet, we'd love to hear from you. Hashtag SAP Radio. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. 
By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are. We're back. And we're going to talk in this part of the roundtable, part two, with Dr. Richard Goodwin from IBM. Interesting concept here. Maverick. I remember, Richard, the old TV show, Maverick. It was a Western about guys that went out and did kick blank, 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 A blank, blank, out in the Wild West and made things happen. Well, here we are. And today we're still using the word. And you say, Mavericks in the organization introduce new technology, but without considering the implications. So let's expand this subject, Richard, and, and tell me, who are these Mavericks? How do they have the nerve, the wherewithal, the budget, the mindset to introduce the technology? How far do they get? And what happens when they don't think about the, the ripple effect, the implications? Tell me. Hi, Bonnie. Yeah, so it's actually the case that it's becoming much more uh, a fact that you don't need a large budget and you don't need a lot of approval and everything to go out and start mm-hmm. using some new technology that's available in an app or online or software as a service because things are becoming much cheaper. And the usual knee-jerk reaction of the IT department is try to shut all these things down. Um, but I think what we also need to do is tolerate these mavericks who are trying new things in a way that's somewhat understanding of the fact that while IT used to deal with a lot of um, systems of record, you know, you've got to make sure if somebody orders three of something, you get three of them there. But mm-hmm. as uh, Ben was mentioning earlier, if you're doing a recommender system that's going to suggest something that somebody might be interested in, well, if it gets it right 80, 90, 95% of the time, that's great. I mean, it's going to increase sales, uh, and you don't have to have the same kind of controls and other things that you would need in a system of records. So we need to encourage the Mavericks, get the IT department to kind of listen to them, try to facilitate what they're trying to do. Um, but, you know, in certain areas, you might have to be a little careful. Okay. Yeah, Who wants I, to I, jump I, in? It's an I'd interesting love... comment, and, and, I, and I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing is this, this whole notion of, of skunk works or black ops. And, and, and I think you, you hit the head on the nail that, that, you know, and near enough is close enough. You know, an 80% of, uh, 80% solution that allows you to, to achieve some outcomes is, is way better than, than taking forever to get to 100% but it being, but, but it being too late because time is of the essence nowadays. You know, time is critical for everything and we need to enable these people, these mavericks as you say, black ops, skunk works, whatever we want to call it, to be able to get out there play with different technologies, experiment to, to get stuff stood up quickly. Yeah, I fully okay. agree, Sven, here with SAP. Mm-hmm. So I've always followed, or lately, I used to be in IT, and I've 
way back when already observed this department of no attitude and I didn't always feel comfortable with it. And now I'm, I'm not in IT anymore, but in marketing, even there I've used a lot of technologies from the cloud. And what I found, it's easier to ask for um, forgiveness than for permission. So that's how we do a lot of things. And I think that's just the way it's going to be, the world is going to be. And I think IT and the organizations have to adapt to that. And it all started, and I think it's well on its way, it all started out with service-oriented architectures where we really thought, industry thought, how can we break these monolithic big applications into more consumable chunks to make IT more plug-and-play. I think we've gotten a long, uh, long way along that path. And now, if you continue that model, governance and so on, all those things need to be all services that just plug into a cloud solution and that you can have the innovator who may have overseen a point or two about corporate governance, then you just plug in a governance service and that's being taken care of. That's happening okay. a lot of times already nowadays. And I think it's a change in, in the way we work. Okay. Yeah, this is Dale from IBM. You know, it's yes. interesting. Um, I just think this is a case of IT maybe resetting a, a baseline set of ex expectations or for maybe tolerance is the right word. Of, You know, we, we, we acknowledge that this is going to go on and we want to enable it, but, you know, there are some baseline standards around sec particularly security and data integrity that we can't compromise. But beyond that, you know, we'll support, you know, these rogue projects moving quickly. And mm -hmm. I think then IT also has to change its mindset that some of these solutions that are being developed are temporary and throw away and be able to grasp, you know, <laughs> the fact that that's okay. That's a good thing in today's world. Okay, Richard Goodwin, I want to bring you into this. I want to shift a little bit our focus or shift our focus a little bit inside out and backwards, Bonnie. We talk, I talked in my, my opening about the fact that analytics will be pervasively available to everyone in your organization. And you told me before the show, Richard, you said democratization of analytics. I like that term. Everyone will have access to sophisticated analytics running on vast amounts of data. That's the truth. And you say an accompanying rise in analytics literacy is needed. So let's dive into that, Richard. Is the analytics literacy needed by the people who are using it throughout the organization? Is this something that is that part of that lingua, uh, Franca lingua, lingua conversation between IT and the users? Whose literacy is required? Who teaches whom what? Tell me, Richard, and then everybody join in, please. Well, it's kind of like uh, uh, literacy that's needed for regular democracy. You need an educated population that can mm -hmm. uh, understand the politicians and the issues and what's going on and, and help make uh, informed decisions. So similarly with analytics, you can analyze data, run all kinds of clustering and other algorithms on it. And when you get the results, if you don't understand where they came from or how they were arrived at at some level, you're going to draw the wrong conclusions. So uh, you need a little bit of background in statistics or a little bit of uh, background mm -hmm. in uh, understanding what analytics actually mean and the ability to drill down. But people are getting access to that kind of stuff. I mean, even from my credit card company, I get uh, online analytics that help me analyze my spend over the year and mm -hmm. tell me the breakdown and different things. So people are beginning to get this in their personal lives. and. They're going to have to do the same kind of thing to draw the right conclusions at work from the data that and analysis that they're getting. So whose responsibility is that, to teach them how to have that literacy? Is it the IT department, since they supposedly have provided those analytics? Whose job is it to say, you have a great tool now, but 
we're not going to get anywhere at all, or we might even find ourselves sliding backwards if we come to the wrong conclusions. Anybody? Yeah, I think think the key thing there is that the tools need to change. And and so, you know, you look at these people in their home life, and everyone is is using this stuff, the stuff all the time. Everyone's using, you know, Yelp or Uber or Facebook or whatever. They're, They're having personalized recommendations, highly contextual information delivered to them. They're, they're, they're embracing these tools because they get a, a gain in their personal life. Then they go to work and they use these you know, horrible, clunky systems that don't allow them to do anything. So I kind of feel like if we, if, we, if we resolve the problems around opening up data, if we make the, the, the user experience consistent, then, then people will, will intuitively use this stuff. Okay, anybody else? Yeah, I'd like to jump in. Yes, please, Ben. What we see at SAP broadly, you know, we are struggling with this this shift in in job roles across the enterprise. And let's look at cloud computing. It was one of the leading topics today. Cloud computing, a lot of um, automation is happening, and many IT roles will strictly go away. But I think this, this is a good and a bad thing because this really opens up opportunities to change to a new job profile, to a higher value, more business-focused job profile. And instead of making sure that the servers are running and computers strictly up, now you can sure that the business gets the information they want with, um, mm-hmm. uh, with information analysts, with data scientists, that you can really up-level all these roles within the organization. So I think every role will change to a big extent. Business roles become a little bit more technical, techni- technology-savvy, IT yes. roles will become more business savvy, and at the end, maybe we're all working in one department. Wouldn't that be not? amazing? Ben, <laughs> I want to bring you in. Ben, a question. Uh, I don't know what Diversity Limited is. Why don't you just quickly tell us what is your company? What do you do? Sure. So uh, I'm an independent industry analyst, um, so I kind mm-hmm. of do the traditional analysis. But alongside that, I do a lot of consulting with, with organizations, with, you know, advisory with startups, but also large vendors. And a bunch of angel investing as well. Okay, thank you. And I want to bring in another talking point going in a slightly different direction, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong. Ben, you said data integration is a no-brainer, but the next emerging field will be workflow and UI consistency. But no one is talking about this opportunity. How does this statement, sounds bold to me, how does it relate to our topic of the IT professional brain being the secret sauce for innovation success? Ben? Sure. So, so everyone is using a bunch of different cloud applications. If you look at the, the average uh, worker, they're, they're touching maybe you know, half a dozen different applications every day or more. And so when, as that moves forward, as we use a lot more of these applications, all of a sudden there's this cognitive dissonance because I'm working in one application and then I need to shift out of it to work in another application. And the first problem there is data integration. You know, the data in application B needs to talk to the data in application A. That's kind of a given, that's a no-brainer, that will happen. But the next step and the real value is when we can all of a sudden resolve this dissonance between the two different applications and allow people to work in something that is consistent and coherent across all of the applications they use and allow them to to create the workflows across those applications. And that's kind of the, the new bastion of opportunity, I believe. Okay, anybody else want to chime in on that one? Gail, Richard, Sven? Uh, this is Richard. I just mentioned mm-hmm. that um, I think we're going to see a natural evolution. So as people who are 
uh, fluent in analytics and in doing workflows across these applications become more successful in their jobs, uh, others are going to follow in their footsteps. And so I think the education is going to be somewhat uh, organic in that uh, people are going to see what works and follow those successful people. Okay. Thank you very much. Anybody have any closing comments to this part of the roundtable? I have one minute left, and then we're going to get ready. I'm going to ask all four of you to polish off the crystal ball when we come back in the last segment. You know what it is. Predictions. Predictions time. What will that IT professional brain look like in five years in 2018? But anybody have any closing comments on this part? We good? Oh, everybody? Okay, hold your peace. Guess what? We're going to go to our break right now. Give them a chance. I could hear those chamois. I could hear those rags. I could hear those towels of the garage polishing off the crystal ball from Ben Keeps of Diversity Limited, Dr. Richard Goodwin, IBM, and we might even get something from Watson here if we're really, really good, Dale Young from IBM, and Sven Conrad from SAP. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back with predictions. You have to sit still for this one. I promise you it'll be great. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time for our predictions. I'm going to ask my four panelists to take a look ahead if they can go all the way out five years to 2018, five years from today. We're talking about the IT professional brain. I want to know from Ben Keeps, Dr. Richard Goodwin, Dale Young, and Sven Conrad, will we still be talking about the IT professional brain? Will it be a no-brainer? Oh, excuse me, Bonnie, how could you? A no-brainer that IT is actually talking to the business. They understand the business. We have our lingua franca or reverse, and everybody is on the same page. So where are we going with this? Ben Keeps, can you look ahead five years for me, please? Sure. So I think fundamentally, uh, in, in that time scale, the organisations will look very different from what they do today. Um, we won't see a complete end of those of those big, large organisations, but very much organisations will be uh, very different in terms of you know uh, project-specific teams, much smaller teams, much more organic in nature. And so, if you extrapolate that out to what that means for IT. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see um, a, a breakdown of IT as a separate function. What we're going to see is that 
is, is project-specific sort of business units that have their own IT function as part of the business. It's not going to be a separate entity. It's going to be part of the business. And so we're going to have self-service. We're going to have you know, a huge amount of the use of, of, of cloud, of uh, you know, low-cost, easily accessible, readily deployable tools. And I think that's what the, the IT brain of the future is going to look like. Okay. All right, good. Thank you very much. And let's move on to Dr. Richard Goodwin from IBM. What do you see in the crystal ball, Richard? Um, thanks, Bonnie. I see that uh, IT departments are going to go somewhat in the way that manufacturing has gone. So if you look at what's happened in manufacturing, uh, manufacturers have focused on design, coordination, innovation, and uh, serving the needs of their customers. They still maintain uh, certain key manufacturing steps and processes in-house, but when there's opportunity to share uh, subcomponents and uh, particular technologies, they outsource it. And they look much more like a procurement department that's helping to coordinate and put together an entire solution to the needs of the business, doing key parts themselves, but not necessarily being the monolithic department that they have been in the past. So I think that trend's going to continue, and we're going to see a lot more collaboration between um, the IT department and the front office departments that are using the technology and innovation and much more of a facilitation, collaboration, and design role than actually having to build and deliver and maintain and run all of the parts. So like Ben was saying in uh, his uh, his section, uh, it, the IT department is going to look very different and going to still provide the business the IT and technology solutions that it needs. Good. Thank you very much. And let's turn to Dale Young, also from IBM. Dale, your crystal ball. Can you go out five years or a different time frame, please? No, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with five to be consistent. Okay. Um, you know, two two perspectives. One on the on the function of IT. I think IT morphs into becoming what I'll call a provisioner of information and an enabler of transactions. Meaning, the IT function creates the core, maintains the integrity of the data sets some standards, but, but facilitates and enables the, the business to do the applications and the functions that they want. So it's, it's a change in mindset. Uh, the second point, though, is more important. I think the, the brain of the IT professional has to evolve um, and will evolve. And that IT professional becomes an integrator, but not in the way that we traditionally think of integration. It's an integrator of ideas and capabilities. It's a uh, becoming a pragmatist who keep an eye on the latest trends to advise the business, but really sort through and say, you know, these are the three really exciting game-changing technologies we should be looking at and trying to, to push out to the business and, and just sorting it all out and making sense for the business to, to, to tell what's real and not real. So we, we enable the Mavericks, but we don't enable them too far. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. And Sven Conrad, you're up. And we're getting very short predictions from all of you, so I'm going to have to add a couple of bonus questions to fill out our time. We have plenty of time left. So Sven Conrad, what do you see coming down the pike or up the road or or wherever in the next five years? Will we still be talking about the IT professional brain or will everything already be settled and everybody will be one? One big happy family understanding the business needs, the technical needs, and we won't even have this conversation anymore. What do you see, Sven? Yeah. So I liked very much what Richard said. He likened it to the manufacturing analogy. And um, 
Let me expand on that. So first of all, we have to get rid of the two fronts on, of business versus IT. It has to just blend, and there shouldn't really be felt any difference between two departments. They just work together day in, day out, and that will happen. That has to happen. Actually, that's a key ingredient to success. And I would describe it very much um, to a channel contractor mindset of IT that IT has to adopt, just taking all the inputs and molding them into the best outcome. And that's really very much in sync with an engineering mindset, engineering methodology. Mm -hmm. So that's what they should retain in all the change that they will go through. And with this engineering mindset that needs to be retained, the focus, the lens needs to be tuned towards business, tuned heavily towards business. And to not only understand business, but really see beyond today's business challenges ahead that every company has plenty of, and then take these game-changing technologies and really, really out-innovate customers, do, do business processes, business models that really leapfrog competition. And the technologies we have today, they let, they let you do that, and I can give plenty of examples what our customers have achieved. So the idea the, the IT expert, the thinker, the engineer, the brain, they have to help business out-innovate the competition. And so propose these breakthrough ideas and then not only have the breakthrough ideas, really be able with the engineering mindset to be able to navigate towards them, know the steps, how to do it. And I find in business that's the two ingredients. Having the good vision, the, the right fence post is one thing, and you know, many people have that, and then they can't, they can't implement, or other people, they know how to implement, but they don't know which direction to. So the combination of those two things combined, if IT can go in this direction, and I believe they will, within five to ten years, then they will be the new rock star in the corporation. The CIO will be the second most important and influential person next to the CEO, because he knows what to do and how to do it and how to get it. What? Wonderful. Good news. I have two bonus questions for my panelists. We have a couple of minutes left before I do my closing, which will be my predictions of what's coming up next on our radio series, SAP Game Changers Radio. Mine are easy. I got them written down. I'm asking you all to think off the top. So my first question is, in five years, 2018, that's our crystal ball focus date here on the show today, as it always is, will the IT department have a sign on the door? if there is such a door, that says simply three letters with an exclamation point, yes, will we be there in five years? Ben Keeps, yes or no? Uh, no, because there won't be an IT department. <laughs> okay. Richard Goodwin, IBM, yes or no? Uh, no, but uh, let, me, let me elaborate on that. Please, so, please. Um, I think it's that there may not be a particular department or a particular focus on some of these things as there is now, but just like the typing pool that's gone away, and I use that mm -hmm. in my opening, um, it's not that people aren't doing typing and that we're not typing a lot of stuff. In fact, everybody's doing typing. Of course so I think we are. Typing is, or, uh, IT is going to go the same way. So it's not that IT is going to go away and that IT work and that IT technology is certainly not going away and that the IT professional is going away. It's just that everybody's going to become a little more familiar with it. Some people are going to be much better than others, but it's going to be distributed through the organization. Just as typing is something that's pervasive now, IT and technology work is going to be pervasive. 
Interesting. And the paper checkbook has not gone away. We're still writing checks, but many of us are doing them online through our, our banks or our brokers. We're just saying, send a check for me, please. We don't use paper, but we still have checks. Dale Young, IBM, yes or no, will the IT door, will there be a door? And will it say Y-E-S exclamation point? Go. I'm going to go with yes. Although, ah, okay. Um, only but in, in agreement with, with uh, my fellow presenters, but just – you know, if I, if I step back and look at what I was doing 20-something years ago, <laughs> Hello. Um, you know, versus the kind of things I'm doing today, it's very different, and it will continue to evolve. And, and some of the things we were doing, you know, way back when in the COBOL days. Um, you you know, too? Is, you too? Yeah, COBOL, Me? mainframe COBOL JCL. Me too, um, mainframe Paul Cobol, IBM 4341. OMG, go ahead, talk to me. <laughs> I think we just dated <laughs> ourselves. Um, <laughs> You know, but the yes. point is, it changes, but there's still going to be this affinity group that does like technology things, you know, at the center of the corporation. It's just going to change and evolve. Um, and I agree with Richard. Some of the functions we do today will be distributed and, and handled by, you know, the end users more. But uh, I think there'll still be a function called IT. Good. Thank you. And Sven, I can give you 30 seconds. We're just about out of time for real. So talk to me. Yes or no, IT department, yes or no? No, there's not going to be a door. There's not going to be an IT department. Hopefully it's all intermersed. There's going to be whiteboards where we have the most, the greatest idea of the day listed. And then there are also going to be dashboards showing all these concrete projects trying to implement these greatest ideas. And then just a very systematic management, like in the stock market, of winners and losers. One project goes through, it works. Hey, let's promote it more. Let's make it more solid and more structured. And the other stuff, it didn't prove out. Thank you. I have to say thank you to my four panelists, Ben Keeps, Dr. Richard Goodwin, Dale Young, and Sven Conrad. My predictions next week here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, Enterprise Mobility Enablement Part 2. We started it in February. We're going to continue it. July 3rd, an encore presentation, very important. People who need people. Caregiving goes social and mobile, and the show was done in honor of Autism Awareness Month and some really special people. Financial Excellence with Game Changers series ends next week. We'll be wrapping up our show talking about what else? Financial transfer in summary. Thank you to also David Slavinsky and a big hug to you and appreciation always. Keep in touch. Malcolm Kimberlin, Brad Ryan and the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and here's my call to action. Put your seatbelt on. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.